You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Boop. Jesus. Are you guys, uh, can you hear me from the haunted house? You sound like you're um, scared. Uh, <laughs> you know me. I like your house. Gary I like your house. I see we have some other backdrop too. So I'm uh, getting ready for an open house. First of all, can you actually believe it's freaking end of October already? Yes. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. gone so fast. That whole calendar thing, you know, keeping track of your days is, is really beneficial, Chris. You should try it. <laughs> hey, just keep moving. Keep moving. Yeah, I'm teasing you, of course. I think it does. Uh, it's not that's. Uh, scary of a market right now. I I feel it uh, just picked up here in the last uh, week and a half, two weeks. I'll tell you. Yeah, we uh, we just listed one yesterday, and it was up and down in one day, so that was good. Yeah. Back to kind of our normal chaos of the uh, 2021. Yeah, and but it's not it's not all price points, so I think people need to be just open to that you know it might be a week or two weeks or three weeks or four weeks to get your house sold it just depends what kind of market you're in and i think people listen to the news i mean in everything uh and yeah. maybe don't get the the right information but this this market has switched a couple times uh kind of and i don't know what it is if people are just like hey just i'm just gonna hang tight and all of a sudden nothing happens nothing happens well you know what i better jump in and grab one we had uh, one in Eden Prairie that, uh, boy, we had like 40-some showings, ended up getting uh, double digits and offers on that. And that was uh, it was just kind of nice nice to see again. Yeah, it, it sure is. I mean, you know, it, it's just like anything else in life, right? Yeah, you're in a hot tub that's 101 degrees, and you get out and you jump in a pool that's 90. That normally would feel like bath water that's ice cold to you. And I think that change is inevitable, but it's a matter of how fast we transition. And I think that rates uh, last week um, and even the week before, I think it was, jumped up a little bit. Um, you know, they, they creeped over 3% on a 30-year fixed, which is still unbelievable. But when they did, when they made that jump, we actually saw a lot of movement from buyers because they're like, oh, my gosh, we, we better get moving or we're not going to see 2.8% you know, or whatever the heck it was, you know, so kind of, it's actually kind of funny in a way, because I, I look at it and uh, it, it, even if it goes up a percent and you, and you do the math on it, and let's say you're paying $40, um, that $140 a month on that payment, you shouldn't be buying that house if that's going to make that big of a difference for you in buying or selling a house. Um, you know what I mean? If you're that tight and, and you should not be building for sure, because right now a lot of our build cycles are out a year and so in a year rates will probably be four percent and when i tell people that and they're like well boy i don't want to and i go budget off four percent so when you're at three and a half you're super excited and you know what i mean but it's in the meantime you, you got to be realistic man they can't stay and we've been saying this now for a couple of years but they can't stay this low forever yeah yeah, yeah that's for, yeah, sure. for sure it's uh yeah. and i think you am i echoing i hear myself echoing over here no. Okay. Um, I think that is uh, one thing that, I mean, we've talked about a lot on here is it's people are shopping more about payment than price. And I think that is one of those parts that um, people uh, get confused when they think there's a bubble in the market is when people are paying more, but their payments are being less and they're putting more money down. So it's, it's like if they're going 20,000 over, well, they're putting 50,000 down. So they're really kind of 30,000. If everything was equal, they're 30,000 in the plus and their payments a lot lower. So I just don't think we're going to hit that whole foreclosure thing at all. I think 
people, and if we do, it, I don't think it'll be for a while. Maybe. Maybe. You, you know, Chris, but did you ever expect rates to sit this low for this long anyway? No. Not a chance. I thought that was, you know, I didn't think it was going to become the norm. I, I really didn't think that it was. Now you have a whole generation of home buyers that think that if anything's over 3%, you know, that's not right either. Yeah. I mean, it can't, it, it can't last forever. There's not a chance it will, but um, I just hope we come out of it a little softer than last time. And I think that's what I'm talking about is that it's going to be more of a, a, a smooth transition into more of a stale market versus that 2008 wham. Well, hey, I got some videos. Okay. I got some videos for you. You asked um, from uh, last week, uh, the past uh, couple of days of uh, Florianapolis. And here's me getting lost in the favela. What's up? I said life of a professional athlete, huh? <laughs> Not too shabby. What was that, Nick? That it was like this, this little fisherman's village. Like where the houses are really small and uh, the atmosphere is, is kind of intense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, for a minute there, I thought that was Champlin Park when I was seeing those views. I thought that was Andy's Pond. Yeah. We try to keep uh, all those secrets to ourselves, you know? And, and the la last thing I got is um, we were talking about moving to a small town and taking the, the 500,000 and, and living off it for a while. I want you guys to guess how much this meal cost, this photo right here. What's in the uh, what's in the little dish? It's fish. It's two huge things of fish and it's no, on the no, that I got. What was up in the little cup in the front? Just hot sauce or something? A little white bowl yeah. with a red spoon? Yeah. French fries, rice, a little salad thing, and fresh fish. Don't Mommy forget the fish. fish. The fish plate, Andy, too. There's a fish dish. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to guess 20 bucks. $11. 11 bucks for that. Delivered on the beach. Nice. On the beach. On the beach serviced. And that, you're, you're in Brazil, correct? Yeah, Brazil. Yeah. I was watching some of your Bold Perceptions uh, videos the other day, and, and some of it's still from Spain. And uh, pretty cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're we're making a bunch of little cool reels on there, but yeah. He's he's trying to teach us, Andy, how to how to do that. We'll see if it uh, if it sticks. But I know we're going to do some social media stuff uh, later today. I, I I got a little preview of them, and uh, it's <laughs> kind of it's amazing what some of these people are coming up with. Oh, it's crazy. Why do I always laugh at that? <laughs> I, because it's a woman that looks like she's. <laughs> and it's tied to your name. I love it. <laughs> so your homework, Nick, for the week is to track that woman down in real life so we can bring her on the show. I think, um, you know, those NFTs, non-fungible tokens, that's a meme. And I think her sold for like a million dollars, that meme. What? Yeah. That just that's a NFT different thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it's like a, a digital JPEG, like a picture, but you own it. And um, I think hers sold for just like a million dollars like a month ago. So hopefully we have permission for that. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I I know with our shoestring budget here, we cannot afford lawsuits. <laughs> okay, here's Andy's analogy. What happens if my mortgage goes into negative equity? Housing 
if I buy a house for say 500,000 and the market crashes three months later and the house's value becomes 300,000, what happens? What are my options? Well, are you going to try to stay in the house? Or are you going to try to uh, get out of the property or what? I guess that'd be helpful to know as well. Let's say both like, okay, I got to sell it. I can't afford it or I want to stay in it. Well, if you can afford it, stay put just like a stock. You know, if you bought a stock and, and the price goes down, don't sell it until it comes back to where you want it. On the other hand, if you're in a position of where you don't see, you see eminent crash or an eminent, uh, you know, failure coming your way, planning is the best strategy I think that's out there for preparing you and your family to make a soft landing. Um, if, if you deny it and you and you ride something like that out and you, you know, fight the inevitable um and then all of a sudden it's like the sheriff's kicking you out um it's not a good transition you know and so what i've always said is anybody that ever gets into trouble like that first thing i do is is obviously can do you have the ability to repay the payments and if not a lot of times reaching out to a mortgage company and you can actually tell them hey this is what's going on in my world right now can you guys give me a little break um, is there a way that we could, you know, um, put some of these payments on the backside? Let me get back on my feet. On the other hand, when markets uh, soften that fast, they know that they've got every indicator and every statistician in the in the world probably helping them with numbers, showing them that where they have their mortgages, mar their their portfolios are decreasing in value. And they may not say that to you, but they know that they know that they've got three trillion dollars worth of mortgages out there, and it just devalued ten percent. They they know that, and so. Those uh, big institutions and a lot of times mutual funds will prepare for the onslaught of people coming in saying, I, I just can't pay anymore. And sometimes they lower payments. Sometimes they, uh, you know, uh, forgive um, debt. Sometimes I've, I've seen so many uh, options. I mean, Chris, I'm sure you have too. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to repay. So unless you do a short sale or you let it go into foreclosure, the idea of getting something for free, um, get it out of your head. You're going to have to work your way out of it. and and rightfully I have, so. I have two points uh, to make. And, and, and you made a comment in regards to, you know, they know what's happening, the people behind the scenes. And that that is so true. I remember back in 2009, um, I had a number of investment properties. And when that whole thing was going down, people weren't paying rent as well. So when you're not, you know, values aren't going up, maybe real estate wasn't going as, as robust and being able to sell things. Uh, and people weren't paying your rent, you start getting a little worried if you're going to be able to hang on to these houses. So I'll never forget it. It was a little, I think it was after Christmas 2009. Um, I went to my wife and I said, hey, <laughs> we can't keep doing this. And I mean, at this point, I'm going to pick out five properties that I'm not going to pay the mortgage on them. And then I'm, we're going to keep the rent and we're just going to, that's how we're going to kind of still stay and, and, and stay alive. Now, this is a 2009, right after everything was hitting. And in that year, I think it had cost me almost $350,000 uh, to be able to kind of run those properties, which was just crazy. You know, you can't bleed like that. And then looking forward, you're like, oh, I didn't know what was happening. But so we always had automatic payments that went out on the first and I went and stopped those payments. And by January 2nd or 3rd, they were calling and offering me discounts on these mortgages. And mortgage, the other mortgages that I had on my other properties were calling as well. Well, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, okay, I got to pay. You know, and I paid. But my mortgages all adjusted almost $5,000. You know, because they knew it. They know that that first payment, I've never missed a payment in my life. Still never have. And uh, they knew at that time that, hey, this the hardest one to miss is that first one. And so they gave me all the other things. So they, they would be in a worse position if they did. And that's what kind of got us through the whole thing, which was really quite interesting. And number two, I think the other thing that happens if uh, this whole mortgage goes into negative equity, it's it's pretty soon after we, we all have that 2008 fresh in our minds, really. Uh, previously, it was kind of in the 80s, and then it didn't get till the 2000s, so it was 20-some years apart. We're a lot closer now, and people know uh, what happened at that point. And, you know, when it was happening, people were like, hey, am I going to get kicked out of my house today? I don't know what to do, and I've got to go. 
Well, there were some people that were in their houses for five years that the mortgage companies did not want those houses and they let you stay there and you didn't even have to pay for it. So I think they, they've learned a lot from that time. And if something was to happen now, I think they would jump in a heck of a lot quicker. Sorry, the technical parts are not my, my strong suit. Um, the, uh, the beautiful part about today's economy um, it, that we're in right now, and, and regardless of what you want to absorb off of the internet or the news or whatever, the source of your information is important. Number one, is it somebody re-spewing or regurgitating something that's been regurgitated? Or is it the actual, you know, FHA, uh, you know, president, uh, exec, you know, chairman, whatever it is, talking to you directly? So the source of your information, I think, is really important. Because remember, news companies sell news. If they don't have news, they make news up. So like right now, the easiest thing to pick on is housing because it's been strong and steady for quite a while. So they're like, is housing going to pop? Is it going to bubble? Well, here's what I'd say to you. And the average, the average house in Twin Cities last year went from an average value of 350000 This year, the average value is 390000 So you're welcome, everybody. You just got a $40,000 gift in appreciation. And $40,000 is, is a lot of money. So... When you think about this, when markets go down, you know, three, four, five percent, well, five percent off of four hundred thousand is twenty grand. You're still up twenty grand if you paid three fifty. So you you still have options. And these trains that they talk about are these markets, they don't move as fast as everyone thinks they do. The problem is is that nobody wants to recognize what's going on as it's going on, and they wait too long to and finally the the wound is festering, if you will, and all of a sudden they, they have to amputate their foot. Versus just putting a bandaid on it, right? So I, I suggest get involved, get early. If you have a negative situation, you have your lifestyle change, your income status change, um, the economy changes. Just make sure to put yourself in a position to succeed, right? If you if you bought a house for three fifty a year ago, now it's worth four hundred. Sit it and ride it out because I'll tell you what, with that and a two point eight percent interest rate, you're paying half of what that house. That's reality. It's cheaper to be an owner right now than it is to be a renter. And rents are going to keep going up, guys. So if you want to be in a very vulnerable position where you're risking your family's livelihood and shelter, be a renter. It's a great idea. If you like risk, take renting because it all it does is keeps going up. And it's not going to come down. And with the way the government's acting right now with uh, landlords and, and business or the, the building owners, it's only going to get worse because it has to. They, they can't survive, provide shelter to people and have nobody paying. Or provide shelter and have you know um, the all these extra fees and expenses and and real estate taxes and all these things are trying to put onto those landlords and owners and and expect the consumer not to have to pay for it unless they start subsidizing it somehow which I don't think they will um, but anyway to to your point on the renting I was talking to a buddy of Nick's that uh, moved down to Florida he called me because he's like oh, I'm thinking about purchasing something. And I was talking to him and he said that his rent, his same apartment that he rented uh, last year is $1,200. Now it's $1,850. Not even a year. Doesn't that blow so you away? Right? get stuck with that. Yeah. And, and get ready for it, guys. I think that, I think if you're a renter right now, uh, a decent credit score um, and, and to get out there and get a 30-year mortgage locked in at 3%, Think about that. You're buying a three hundred thousand dollar house, and your your principal and interest and all that else will be what under a thousand bucks a month plus taxes and insurance on a three hundred thousand dollar house. You rent that same house; it's going to be eighteen hundred to twenty four hundred. Yeah, it's it is it's crazy. We had that one I was talking about, Dean Prairie. Uh, we had an investor come in, and that would have been their hundredth home they would have purchased. They came in and bid over uh, over list price and cash and they all they're doing is they're renting them you know they're buying them at over supposedly over value and uh and renting them because of what they can do uh they paid cash you know so you don't have to worry about the lending process and then they put financing on the backside, and they're getting positive equity they're buying 100 homes they're making 500 on each one of them i mean that's that's a lot of money <laughs> a lot of return right there i could even so, live off that yeah i know and I, and I buy expensive Halloween candy, Chris. Do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters? Yeah. 
we're in a new place. We're, we're going to see it. We haven't, for the last, boy, 15 years, we haven't, we, we try bribing people, get the bigger candy bars, get all the good stuff, and we still can't get people to our house. So maybe you this guys, year. Uh, you guys are kind of on a peninsula there, though, if I remember right. You know, you're kind of on a long um, cul-de-sac street. And, and a lot of kids, you know, that's a lot of work to go all the way down and back. I mean, God, to walk and get free candy, I don't know. That Instead is of- Can, by the way, can you trick or treat from an Xbox? <laughs> from a what? An Xbox. Just sit, sit yeah. there. I'm virtually trick treating. Yeah. I think you can. You can get an NFT candy bar. I think you can. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, what happened to Nick? Do I, I have to read this thing? All right. How much value would be destroyed by essentially eliminating a formal dining room in order to expand the kitchen? I think you would be uh, expanding your equity if you did this. So it's a good thing uh, to be able to open up. Most people are doing that. Now, I'm going to caution in saying that if you have a large home uh, that's kind of a lifestyle home, that might hurt you for entertaining purposes. A lot of those people have really nice tables or they might use it for a music room so it, it could hurt in that way. But typically, the more you open it up, the better it will help. And I think in most people's cases, opening up a formal dining room to expand the kitchen is a big thing. So I, I remember I had uh, talking about just interesting rooms on your main level. Years ago, we had a friend of ours that uh, we, we had the opportunity to go to a big, beautiful home in, in North Oaks. And it was, uh, I mean, it was almost 15,000 square feet. And we're walking through this house and it's bedroom and bathroom and bedroom and bathroom. And then we're on the main level and we're walking and I stop and I go, I go, is this like a janitor's closet? And they go, no, that's our bucket filling room. <laughs> I'm like, oh, of course. Why, why wouldn't you have a room just to fill buckets? Buckets of what? I, you know, I assume back in the day they used to do that and then they take their dog outside and wash it. Nowadays, you know, my, my, I call it eccentric, but they're really not being eccentric. They're being realistic. Um, you have a dog. Dogs go outside. Dogs get messy. Um, having a dog washing, like, a shower basin out in the garage, and you can wash the dog's feet off in it real quick. Um, I've seen that quite a bit now, too. Um, but, you know, repurposing rooms. You, Chris, you and I have talked about this for years. The world's changing. And don't don't fight it. You know, if, if people don't need formal dining, don't have formal dining. Kitchens are usually valued more than a dining room by most families but like you're saying you get into luxury markets you better talk to a luxury consultant like chris because you might make a a mistake that makes your house not sellable now yeah and that that is so true so that's what i always said and i remember on the radio we always talked about it and people had questions and my first answer was well it depends and it's so true it depends it's not google 101 Hey, can I expand my, get rid of my dining room and make my kitchen bigger? It, it depends on what your property is, what market you're in, uh, price points, who, who's, who's purchasing that house. And uh, also bedrooms. And there's a lot of things that play into just the dining room part. So it's not just, it's not a super simple question like any of this and all of this, all of these questions in real estate. So well, I think that's why they can't get rid of us, Andy. I've even had uh, a lot of people asking us for um, main level bedrooms now, guest rooms, you know, so mom and dad, they're coming from overseas. They want to visit for a month and they want a main level bedroom. They want a main level shower. They don't want it too nice because they don't want them to stay the whole year, but they're moving in, but they want to be nice enough where they're comfortable. And I, I've seen a lot of home offices where now they're, I don't know if you remember the old Murphy beds up on the wall. We're seeing that where, they're making an office with a Murphy bed, like right behind you. And that whole like bookshelf comes and lays right down. And now it's a bed. What a, what a great way to multi-purpose a room um, in today's market. Well, people are trying to hold back like a guest room for someone. And when you have a, a guest room, it's basically never used because you don't have guests come over. So that's what exactly what they're doing. They're putting desks in there. They've got offices in there. And now all of a sudden a guest comes, boom, throw out the bed. You got it. 
That is very true, my friend. How much is that? I haven't priced those out. What uh, what what are those beds? Um, what is like a, a, a and I use the name uh, brand we use, but what does a Murphy wall bed even cost in today's market? Gosh, it's it so depends because you can actually make a Murphy bed um, intertwined with like an office setup, so it's all part of the same thing. And I mean, you can you can probably get as low as fifteen hundred, and I mean, I've seen systems that had to have been 10, 15,000 where they incorporate it and all the built-in shelves and everything just plops down and, and it works really, really nice. I remember I sold one on, on Prior Lake that had that. And it was the, it was the total perfect example of the ultimate guest room, but being able to use it when a guest was not there. That's smart, man. I'm actually surprised we don't do more of that in new construction. You know where we say, "Yep, here's your office slash bedroom slash," and it probably price because by the time you do it in a new house, you're going to probably spend on the upper end of what you were talking about there. You know, you probably spend eight to ten grand to make it look nice. You know, and um, you know. All right. Uh, that's our life right there. That is that is a real good one. You're all ready to go do something. You go to a wedding, you're, you're whatever. I mean, I was at a wedding this last weekend and I had multiple offers on two different properties that we did at after cocktail hour, before dinner, and then after dinner is what we ended up having to do the offers on. Yeah, and it, you know, that's kind of the the... Unfortunate part of, of our uh, industry is that you're on call and, and and you're on call when your customer wants to go. So if it's Friday night and their kids are in bed and they're bored and they want to go see a house and they got a sitter or whatever the situation and they want to go, that's what they're going to do. They're going to call you and your fear as a real estate agent is, hey, if I don't show up right now and completely disrupt my life, they'll call somebody off the Internet and they'll go show them the house and they'll want to buy it and they'll write the deal. And I'll be out having fun, but I'll miss the opportunity to earn my commission. And the sad thing about that is, is that, you know, I think a lot of people forget that, that or they don't forget it, but they just don't care that that agent is not being paid for any of their time unless something closes. And so they can't miss any of those opportunities because if they do, you know, God forbid, you know, in a fast moving market, um, you know, that that can happen. And so that that's kind of why I, I uh, tend to uh, I work with less buyers now than I ever have in my career. I, I have a great team of people that love to do that. And then I love the list houses and they don't like the list houses. So it works really well. So we kind of go back and forth where I'm the listing go-to, they're the buyer go-to and we tag team and it works fantastic. Well, and the other thing is, is in a market like this, having multiple people that are able to get there and get them in is, is very important thing. You know, and we can't all be everywhere at all times. And if you're uh, on vacation or you're going to watch your daughter play volleyball, I mean, those things are important and you, we still have to live and uh, be able to have someone be able to back you up. And because ultimately we can't hurt our client. So we have to arrange for how that happens, but it might just not be with us the whole time. Well, and I also think that that's a, Chris, a great point of why we see a lot of real estate teams nowadays and that for that purpose alone, um, you know, cause at the end of the, at, I remember my dad was saying this to me years ago when I was getting started in the business and he's, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, that person that you go to that showing for isn't going to show up at your funeral, but the kid that missed your sporting game will be crying at your funeral. So set your priorities correctly. And, and that is a true, you know, sad, morbid kind of the Halloween theme, maybe uh, statement, but it's true. You know, you, you do want to put your priorities where it goes and you have to plan because that inevitably will happen. Some agent is, you know, is silly enough to list a house on a Friday night at six o'clock and guess what? Who's going to want to go see it? You know, and if you have a backup and, and you have a partner uh, that, that has your back as a real estate agent or a team. And I mean, I've even seen where the guys and gals on my team, we have a big group me uh, page. I don't know if you've ever used that, but um, then it's like private texting to the whole group. And I'll see somebody say, hey, I'll pay you 50 bucks a showing somebody to help me out tonight. And it works great. 
Totally. I think it's it's funny we have a we have a little uh, chat thing on the side of ours so we can kind of go back and forth. And so every once in a while, I'll I'll send something to Andy so he kind of looks off to the side. Uh, sorry, Andy. <laughs> you do it to me too. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> you have a you have a graveyard in your backyard or your side yard that does that does cause a problem except for around Halloween. How do well, let's let's talk about that, Andy. How do you go about marketing something like that? Well, you know, I was just gonna say a, a fresh because it happened yesterday. Um, situation with me was uh, a, a, a calls me and says, "Hey, um, there's this piece of land up in in St. Michael. Uh, I want to go take a look at it." Um, but I want to know why has it been on and off the market for a year? I pull up the address and I go, I sat down with this farmer in 2005 and made a pitch to this guy to buy it and develop his land for another guy back way back when. And, and I go, we couldn't get the deal together back then. It was the same price. And he's like, well, what's the problem? And I go, have you been to the site? No. I go, go to the site. It'll, it'll explain itself. You, you get there and there's a major, you know, uh, road in the front. So you got 50 to 60 mile an hour traffic flying by this property. And then there's major tier three um, or tier two or whatever they call them, power lines, the big boys running through the back along the whole south end of the property. And they literally go all the time. Who, who's going to want to live underneath that? I mean, most people even see a power line, a little one, little alone a big one and get freaked out. So that's where that, that that's been in real estate. You make money when you buy because you can buy right. You can buy. And if, and if you do like a property that has a graveyard or a power line or a freeway or all of the above next to it, you just need to make sure that when you're buying that property, you're buying it appropriate for the future discounts you're going to have to give to sell it. Does that make sense? Right. You know, like, like I always say, if, if somebody's going to offer you half price in the future, you better be paying half price now because it's going to come back and haunt you down the road it's very true i mean someone will buy it but again you you gotta be able to factor that in and i think a lot of people will see those houses and i always tell people you know that there's no substitute for going out and looking at that property because with our pictures and stuff we can hide a lot of ills with a with a property and the way we put the angles and how we how we shoot them and stuff like that so we get, um, I mean, I've had it before where we'll have a bunch of, maybe it's not on the, the greatest location. Maybe it does back up or uh, busy roads kind of right next to it, or you can see houses right by it and you get uh, people that set it up right away. And then maybe their agents tell them, hey, no, 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 this is, here's, this place is right here. And then all of a sudden they start canceling them. And uh, it, it's quite interesting because you you do have to look at the full offering versus just you know a, a countertop and gray paint, which a lot of well, people do. Well, speaking of spooky, Chris, I heard I heard a stat this week that like forty six percent of Americans believe in ghosts. So if that's the case, um, paranormal activity. We've talked about this before too. Um, is so houses are haunted um, or are they not haunted? Are they, you know, talk about that a little bit. I know you and I have brought this subject up before. We've talked about deaths in houses and other things as well, but paranormal uh, or ghosts or your imagination or whatever you want to call it, um, it's an interesting topic. I'm one of those 46% because I've been, I've, uh, I've felt it and, uh, been a part of it so i i 100 believe that but the thing is, is that they typically they they don't come out in the graveyard though they if they come out into a house so like that house right next door i think uh it's usually when someone dies from there and it's not always bad ones we've had we had this one i'm telling you it was the craziest thing in the world the owners told me that there was a ghost there is totally there's a ghost in there and it's more than one and they're but they're good they're good it's a good ghost and i'm like oh okay whatever 
well, I was over there and I hear, you know, by myself and you hear some weird stuff and, you know, you automatically think that. But the, the crazy part was, had someone walk in, walk, did an open house. It was vacant. They had moved everything out, walked into the house. She stood there straight and she kind of looked around, kind of looked up and then kind of went to me. She goes, I'll buy it. I'm like, what? And she's, she said that they were, she talked about it and said that, you know, the ghosts were friendly. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are, what are you talking about? You know, but she felt really comfortable in there and like the, and she could feel it. So I, I don't know. You know, bought, bought, I mean, go into the house further than the front door. Well, or you feel a connection to the previous owner because you've researched it so much that in your head, your head fills in the blanks. We've talked about this with car accidents where people, there's three people at a car accident and they all have a different story. And the longer you wait, um, the more details come about that aren't necessarily accurate because our brain fills in the, the gaps. And so somebody may have read that, oh, this was owned by, you know, a uh, uh, army lieutenant that died in the civil war and his blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like up in Anoka, for an example, there are several fantastic, quote, haunted houses that you can take a tour of and there's stories behind it there's all these like spooky fun um you know uh, uh i don't know what you want to call them features or whatever they'll tell you but in reality the homeowners love it i'm sure they all get a little spiff off the tour because you know as the, the they go around and there's 30 people twice a night stopping in front of you in front of your house that that's your wife christine by the way that wasn't a ghost um the uh yeah anyway Okay, hey, so we've been doing the spooky Halloween theme, but this next one is um, picture Andy being this guy. They know the rent, get set. One, two, three, get with Sean Nissan. If you want your money well spent, okay. cause you got your pockets big. <laughs> if you don't say no to rent, get with Sean if you want your money well spent, okay. Cause you got your pockets big. If you don't say don't turn red, get with the. <laughs> I would hire that I guy don't... in two seconds. I think Andy could dance way better than that myself. Well, I just I want to know. I got to research a little bit and find out what getting my pockets bent means. But I'm assuming that's because there's so much rent. I love it. Totally. Get your pockets I, I love anybody. You got to, you know me. I love anybody with enthusiasm that's enthusiastic. And I thank God they had the words on there because some of his, he was spinning and dancing and whatever, but that was awesome. Nick, you, you probably didn't see this. Well, maybe you did. You were at our radio show a few times, but I mean, I think I saw Andy like that, like 50 times <laughs> doing stuff. Uh I thought it was perfect because Andy was just talking about do not rent. It's terrible. You guys are all just bashing on renting. Do not. It, it, hey, if, you're, if your pockets are getting bent, <laughs> I love it. Come on, Andy. Do it. Do one. Do a TikTok for us right here. If your pockets are getting bent, stop paying your rent. Oh, and then the, I, I don't, I'd have to no, it again. I don't remember something about the value of the house is being, there's good value with Charlize Realty or whatever. That's Champlin Real Estate. You got to add in there. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> is that a lakefront tiny house right there? Yeah, I just thought it was a cool, unique thing they made. Little thing for the kids, maybe. I don't know. Andy, you're muted again if you're trying to speak. I uh, apparently need to be muted um, for sensor reasons. But I, I was saying, uh, I was actually really, really hoping that house was going to I don't know why. Anybody else? Just me? You you went out there. Would you say you were hoping at what? I was hoping that that little floating house, at the end, because you could hear the birds chirping. I was I was hoping that all of a sudden you were going to see the house go boom. 
There you go. Well. That's uh that's another thing that we have or they order new furniture, uh <laughs> a new car. You know, and what that typically means is that they got a loan and they're going to not be able to qualify. And that's not a that's not a good thing. And have you had that happen? Because I have. In the old days, uh, not much anymore. Correct. Yeah. Most people are very well coached in today's market. And they they're only they would only do that if they were trying to saboteur their own deal. All right, let's let's get into our flip segment. We got uh, a house here. Give me a second to pull her up. Check out this home. This week, I was trying to trying to find something that um, was more of a uh, all around. I mean, Andy talked about. Well, maybe maybe he didn't. Maybe he he probably did. He always does. So. But one of the things is, is about buying the house, you got to buy it right, okay? So maybe this house, uh, price-wise, we might, um, I'm not saying this is the right price, but I'm saying this is the right way in which to be able to look at something, more so than just the house. So this is a house. Is there a map, Nick, to be able to show where the house is located? I was going to try to share my screen and go over this thing because um, it's kind of a important thing. But this is a large, this is a large lot right across from the lake, and uh, with that, with the map, if you look down on it, there's parts of that yard that could be split off and put to uh, another neighbor, and or build a bigger building which you could house a lot of things uh, from lakeshore owners because that's one of the things that you don't get. Uh, and if we go inside and see some of the pictures in here, we talked about this last week on that one. I think, Andy, it was in Brooklyn Center and uh, kind of uh, kind of the same decor where it looks like it's in really good condition, but it just needs to be really updated. Uh, a good lot. You can see kind of a, a picture of, um, okay, if you could just keep moving, Nick. Yeah, hold on. We're having some issues with this. Uh, Is this one of your uh, listings, Chris? It's not. No, I just pulled it up. And it's it's a listing that's been sitting out there for 130, 40 days. Okay. And it's just one of those that I think, you know, when you get. So this is one angle of it. But right across the street is uh, Lakeshore Homes as well. But you get a bigger lot like that. There might be a, an opportunity to be able to split it off and be able to uh, get money from there. And so when you can do that, and I've done that a few times where I've split it off and you get like $100,000 that you never thought you could get or have extra, that could reduce your price. But a lot of times it won't hurt your lot whatsoever to be able to kind of put off that appendage, but it might make someone else's lot really valuable because they could put up a building just like they have on this one. You can see the two-car garage with the little building behind it. And there's a whole other um, kind of a, a flag lot on it. So so in that instance, maybe maybe that house is 525 and you sell it for 100000 off and then you can fix that up for you know 75 and sell it for 600 So you've just made $100,000 by just repurposing uh, that the lot and the house together. Because a lot of times people just look at the house and what, what I have to do and that we find a good location. But a lot of times you don't think about uh, the land. And a lot of times in a city, you can do what's called just an administrative split. If it's just like, hey, it's taking it from your property and give it to someone else's property, you don't have to do all this developing things. So it usually doesn't cost you a lot of money in which to do it because what's the difference if it's yours or if it's the neighbor's? Now, if you're trying to do a totally new lot in there, and it doesn't fit what uh, the criteria is uh, from the city, well, now you got a problem. Now you're going to have to plot it. You're going to have to go get uh, 
variances and all that kind of fun stuff. See, there's the lot. There look at go. this right in the middle of town. Look at this big barn that you get. That's just very, that's very unusual right across from the lake. Are these the right you, photos? Want me to go down more? You could, I mean, you could just show the kind of the interiors of the house. Okay. Oh, here's, no, okay. That's a decent sized house, but I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, when you have the suspended ceiling like that, you know, you just, you switch those things around. It can switch it in a big hurry. And that's, it's a, it's a good size home as well. And again, right across from the lake. Well, let me uh, jump in on what is the, the, the price was five ninety nine. It's five seventy five, but it's that to me is too much. So I was that's what I was trying to say at the beginning is that don't look at the five seventy five. You got to get you got to get it a better price. And how big is the lot again? It's well over it's well over an acre, but it's very uh, like to the left of that driveway there on the picture. You could plop that thing off and sell it off to someone, um, okay. to one of the neighbors, and you have you have a number of neighbors that could purchase it. So it's not like just one person. So you could do it to um, a number of neighbors. And that's what I did a, to another one in Prior Lake. And uh, they ended up paying $100,000 because they wanted that extra land because they had a small lot. And so this expanded their lot. So so here's, here's my 10 cents worth on this property. This looks like something, uh, this style of house was built quite in the Champlain market as well. Um, on a city lot, that house would go for probably 400, um, even in the condition that it's in. And with that lot in that barn and everything else, I mean, they might even get 425, 450, right? So that being the case, it's not worth it to build a barn as much as the value of it is to the buyer. You know, there's not an ROI there. Otherwise everybody would build a barn on a property and, and flip it. My 10 cents worth are to make this work. That individual, because they obviously have money, they have a $600,000 motor coach next to the barn out in the back, so they have money. I would subdivide that land now, sell a lot for $150, drop the price for $450, and you'd end up with more money in your pocket, and you'd be able to flip it and make money just off the land split. That'd be my, that's my $0.10 cents worth. That That's exactly my point, but I don't think a lot of people look at a flip as working with the land part of it versus just the house part. So I think this is a little different than what we've talked about in the past. This is this is right up my alley though. This is where, you know, you work with like a, a builder remodeler and the builder remodeler can come in and remodel the existing house while they're getting their lot split. Once the lot split is intact, in you put the one up for sale, you start building a spec home or a model home on the next one. And that could be a, a $250,000 profit for, for you know or whatever for a builder so this is so this is a, a good picture this aerial so it goes back and then it goes back behind this other house so it's it's like a flag lot you know so you don't have the frontage of it to be able to get enough but you you have behind it so you have this house that's in the oh, front sure. and then you have a couple houses in the back that all could utilize this and get themselves their own little pole barn because a lot of people that want storage um, you know, can't do it. You can't do it in the city because of setbacks or or covenants or whatever. Now you get you're you're in town. You're in a there's no covenants here, so you just got to deal with the city requirements. And now you have enough land in which to be able to do it. And now you can stay there versus uh, going out of town, so you can get more uh, building. So otherwise, otherwise, I'd recommend they drop it to four ninety nine, and I think it would pop. That that just that's what that place is worth. It's it's it it's it's vintage. It's like it's in great shape, but it's vintage. Nobody, no offense, but nobody wants wall paneling. Nobody wants ceiling panels. Nobody wants your blue toilets and your, you know, old vintage countertops. It's gross. It's like people, people will not buy that house. They'll, they'll be buying it to renovate it. So you might as well get started and get some of the renovations done. People can't envision. They just, they just can't do it. It's very hard for people to do. That that's what I was gonna ask. What kind of level of a flip is that? I mean, that's like expert level. That's not a. You just start off doing that. No, I think you 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 have to know the market, or you have to have someone that knows the market. I mean, like like Andy was saying, that's right up his lane. 
And because I know, I know he's done properties like that where he's figured out developments and gotten extra lots out of places. And I mean, if you know how to do it, but when you don't know how to do it, I mean, it makes it really hard to be able to kind of come up with that envision it. And now all of a sudden he's making 250 and the other person is going to buy it for 75,000 uh, less just to try to think it's, that's going to be a deal for him. It, it, it's always worth more when you can split. Okay, sticking with the, the Halloween theme, what are some drastic, scary price changes, good and bad, that you've seen? That you bought a house and you lost a ton of value or you didn't buy it and it went crazy in value? Well, I think anyone on a lake property would say that. If they haven't bought the last year, they would see drastic price changes that have uh, that gone the good way uh, up unless you're looking to buy on the lake and just kind of waited it out. You will see that uh, there's some uh, there have been some big, huge monster uh, jumps. We had I had one that uh, I had sold. It was my buyer uh, purchased it, and I had someone call me because I knew that I had I had sold it. And three months after they purchased it, someone was saying that would they would pay them three hundred thousand more for that that house if they were willing to sell it. I've, I've had a, uh, mine was a, a land acquisition, um, sold the farm and uh, 17 acres in 2012. And I believe it sold for like a million dollars. So it was just, just under 10,000 an acre. They just received an offer for 50,000 an acre. So they received a $5.8 million offer and it was about, about a 10 year turn. Um, not bad investment. You're not kidding. You got you got to have money to make money though, because that was a situation where it's hard to get financing back then, and and now you know you, you can, but it, it's a uh, in the, you you look where the Musa line is going at council, and just decide how far in front of it you want to be, because the farther you go out, the cheaper the land, and or like sometimes land that's really close goes cheaper when there's no buyers. Like in 2012, the the national builders were not buying anything. And so they were out there knocking on doors, but they weren't closing on anything. So that land went back to farmland value. And then now somebody waited it out, bought it at farmland value, paid cash for it, and uh, made a, a hefty, uh, you know, $5 million profit almost. When did you say they bought the property? 2012. 12? Yep. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the market was starting to maybe turn a little, but there are still some really good deals. And I'll tell you what, that's the one thing is having cash when the market flips is a, a big thing. I've seen, I've got a developer that did the exact same thing and uh, just cashed in on it where it was, uh, I mean, about six times their money they made mm -hmm. on it. So yeah, grabbing things, it's all about what you, what you pay for it or what you can repurpose it at too. That's another big thing. You know, for a lot of people, Chris, it's hard when, when they're in the middle of the storm um, to understand that the storm's not, no storm lasts forever, right? And it's, you're living it and you're like, oh my God, this is horrible. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Don't do anything. And everybody panics and they freeze and they don't make those investments. They don't make or take the risks. And the, the wise, usually older investors that have been around the block a few times and they've seen it, or they're being coached by somebody that's been in it before. And, you know, if you follow, like, even like, I remember it was a Warren Buffett in uh, 2012, uh, same year, bought almost 20% of the houses that were sold in the Twin Cities. They had that, uh, was it H2 Homes or whatever it was, um, and they were buying everything. And, and they were scooping, scooping, scooping everything up. It was based on school district. It was three bedroom, two bath, you know, two, and then they sold everything in 2019. And I remember it was like, the portfolio more than doubled and it was all on residential housing. And then it was sold off to investors that bought it for rentals. And it's, so there's money to be made, you know, and it, and it, uh, it just, you, like you said, make sure that when you're going into a storm, have your cash ready to go and be ready to take advantage of some of those buys that are sometimes situational, not, not all encompassing. If everybody's going down, everybody's in trouble, but 
sometimes there's individual opportunities that are there where someone says they don't care and they want to get out and here's what I'll take. And their loss is your gain, unfortunately. And um, yeah, like this beautiful home I have behind me doing an open house on today. <laughs> yes, please. I, I haven't seen uh, Chris since we were out in, uh, in Las Vegas together a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that for the radio uh, or for the podcast people, can you two please grab more market share so I don't have to listen to, to the Lindahl commercials. How about, and what about Andy doing a, a new dance? The Prasky, the Prasky prowl. How about that? Can I be honest with you guys? I think to me, it seems like their advertisers are so bored. They don't know what to do. And so they're doing silly things like dances to get your attention and it's working, you know, but it's like, he's got that style of advertising gets to the point of where people either love him or they hate him. Um, and then the real estate agents love to hate him because of it's just, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's as much jealousy as it is just come on, quit making a gimmick out of our industry, you know? Everyone made fun of the TikTokers when they first came onto the scene. Then every celebrity and every person got on board and started doing the dances and started copying everything. Just what it is. It's a different world we're in, Mr. Prasky. I'm I'm fine to kind of remain in my little world though. Oh yeah, they're they're uh yeah, when when you're uh, established and you and you've learned a lot from you know actually touching the stove several times. I, I think it changes our perspective on how we approach things. Um, it also, um, I, you know, like like I always say, as a consumer, if, if you want somebody to guide you or do you want someone just to write the paperwork? You know, you want someone just to write the paperwork, that's one thing. You want someone to guide you, you hire somebody like Chris that actually has the scars. He can show you the scars that have helped other people get what they're looking for or get their goals accomplished or, you know, help them get that property that nobody else can sell sold, right? Or, or the advice on repurposing that room um, or having that, uh, you know, the, the should we take the dining room out or not? Those kind of questions, you you got to look back at history, man. You got to look back at what the marketplace likes. And, and don't be afraid to change. I'd say that's the other thing is that, you know, as agents, that's probably my number one thing I have to keep reminding myself is it's okay to embrace change, keep moving forward. And that's been my whole career. I mean, what we do now is so different than what we did 20 years ago. I think that what the things people are doing now, though, are they're fun. I, I do. I enjoy watching them and I just laugh. And but I think everyone's got to do what works for them. And I think too many times us realtors are saying, no, nope, you you, you got to go hold open house and go knock on a door and you got to do this. And you just you don't have to do that. You got to do what, first of all, you're willing to do. And that so you'll do it and then just do it good. And but I think the one thing that. Um, some people tend to forget about is knowing the industry and knowing uh, the contracts. You got to know what the heck you're doing. And I think too many people um, might be playing on TikTok when they should be maybe reading a purchase agreement and figuring out what's protecting their client and not protecting them. So that's one of the best, the best things you can do for a new agent is have them sit down and say, write it on, um, on, on a house and then present the offer to me and explain every line and it they'll be like well i'm not prepared for that and i'm like but you're out showing houses you should be prepared for that because if you don't practice with me you're gonna be practicing with a customer and that customer is gonna have to deal with your you know newbie uh status so that that's where again i kind of push back to teams teams are sweet man it it that that's you gain that experience and that knowledge you get their energy and enthusiasm and then you have the team's knowledge to help them get the deals done Okay, my question is for the Halloween though. What has been the your best Halloween outfit you've ever had that you've worn? So I can envision it. I got a feeling he's got photos, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, he's asking you, Andy. I'm sure not asking me. Oh yeah, I, like I love Halloween. I think Halloween's awesome. Um, I think the Carl Spackler was my best one. You know, the Caddyshack. Um, that that was a uh, a funny one. If you uh, then there was the other one that I liked where I was Eddie Uncle Eddie, 
And uh, Uncle Eddie was uh, was pretty funny too. Where I put the robe on and I was doing the old shitter's full, you know. So Andy's is always more than a costume. It's the whole. It's the whole deal. You get the the whole deal. I'm committed to my craft. I uh, I, I was looking I for even the detail of the can. The on the, the can, I don't remember what the brand was, but it was like some old like Milwaukee brewed beer that you they don't even make anymore. And I was like, I should make the can, wrap it. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I should make the can and wrap it and uh and have I even had the little white uh robe on. I had the, the green hat and I had the cigar. Lisa said she's gonna share it on, on our on our, our live feed. Uh, for those of you that want to see that, but that was, uh, do I have a picture of it right here? You get a, you get a photo of this thing? I thought I did. Lisa, where's that photo? We can <laughs> post it on the Facebook. Yeah. All right. Uh, happy happy Halloween. Halloween. Happy Halloween. Make sure to check us out on Facebook. Full video versions are there. We post three clips a week, short, digestible content. We're also streamed on Spotify, iTunes, and many more podcasting platforms. And there's our photo. Hold on. Oh, hang on. Sorry. We'll post it online. We'll post it. All right. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.